I think the question is, what's going to push you outside of your comfort zone? What is the thing that you're thinking, like, maybe I'll do that and get like those butterflies in your stomach. You're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Mm-hmm. Start there. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, episode number six, and I am Yvonne Marchese, your host. This week, I am talking with Kirsten Bunch. She's a mid-career transformation coach who helps people reinvent their careers by providing coaching, of course, and workshops for people who want to design a future that lights them up. I love her mission statement from her website that says, My mission is to help my clients transform their careers and lives to be as excited about the future as they were when they graduated from college. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. She is also the author of the international best-selling book, Next Act, Give Back, and the creator of the popular blog, Change the World in a Hot Flash. I love that title. So... Kirsten left a long, successful career in the nonprofit sector where she was traveling the world. Um, She left that to launch her coaching business where she helps other people take the time to figure out what's next for them. So her knowledge comes from her own experience and transformation. Uh, During our conversation, we talk about the mind-body connection and how physical challenges can help you build confidence, the dance between fear and courage, and we talk about roller derby. (laughs) So let's go. So, Kirsten, thank you so much for being with me today. Really, I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. Thanks. Um, so you, with all the work that you did, um, so I, I, I got your book. I didn't get that deeply into it yet, but I, from what I've read, I'm so excited to keep going. Um, it's so on target for where I'm at and all of the... Uh, topics that I'm looking to get into with late bloomer living. So congratulations on, on that book. When did you, when did you uh, publish the book? Uh, The book came out in, I want to say, I think it came out last year in 2019. Yeah. It just seems like a long time ago, but uh, about a year, probably a little bit over a year ago. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like a year and a half ago. I'm sorry. I don't remember exactly. Um, and yeah, and yeah, it's had great success. And now I'm actually considering updating it and, and putting out like the um, second edition of the book. We'll, we'll see if I do that or not. It's a lot of work, but just That's to make it a little more relevant thing, the world has changed so much. So it has, it yeah. has. It's, uh, it's a crazy time. Um, what I'm interested in with your story is the pivot that you went through in your mid forties, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, from the international nonprofit work that you were doing and all the travel and, you know, really amazing work. And then having found yourself needing to change that up, I- I'd love to hear about what triggered it for you. Yeah, so I, I have a specific memory of what what triggered it, but I think it was a, a slower process than just one one event. Um, but basically, I had been traveling around the world and working in different countries for uh, different organizations like the Rainforest Alliance and Aid to Artisans. 
for years and um, always really, really loved my work, you know, really loved meeting people and going out and seeing the world and you know, doing, doing, making change in people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just started to get really burned out. I started to get really tired, um, was really questioning, am I actually having an impact on people's lives? Um, mm. And I remember a specific day when I was standing, I was in Bangladesh and I was standing on the street, um, this dirt road and hence we were, I was there with a film crew when we were interviewing some people. Um, it, we were interviewing people so about the impact of, of the program that I was working for. And I just thought like this just, I don't know, this just doesn't feel right. There's gotta be something different out there for me at this point. Um, and that sort of, I realized in I realized in hindsight that that feeling had been coming for a long time, um, it had been building and I, I was, um, you know, I was kind of going from job to job. I was going from organiz organization thinking like, oh, the problem is with the job or the organization and I just don't fit here or, you know, this specific thing, I don't want to do it. And I, but I just kept switching, basically trading one apple for the next apple. Mm -hmm. um, and finally I was like, you know, there's just something that's not working here. And I'm just going to quit. And, um, you know, luckily financially, um, I, I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. I know not everybody can, um, but I was able to quit. And then I went on, a, a, a pretty much a three, two or three year journey. I actually, I think I'm still on the journey of, of growing my own business of figuring out what really excites me, what really lights me up. Um, and I found it, you know, I found it and I love my work. Um, Did you launch right into uh, the new work that you're doing, or did you take some time to sort through and figure out what you were going to do? Right. So yes, both. <laughs> um, so I launched into something um, that something is not what I'm doing now. Um, so I launched into something which was helping organizations, nonprofits tell their story. And um I think I talk about this a little bit in my book, but it, it just wasn't, it didn't feel right. It wasn't, it wasn't me. I wasn't as excited about it as I wanted to be. Um, and so that kind of went into something else. And I started, I talk about it in the book um, that I started the women's changemaker mentorship. Um, and that sort of evolved into what I'm doing now, which is coaching and helping people figure out, okay, like it's a mid career. I'm going to work for the next 20 years and I don't want to continue to do the thing that I'm doing now. Um, mm -hmm. but what do I do? Like, how do I even make that pivot? Um, what's important to me? Um, and so what I've seen is that, and what I've given my permission, myself permission to do is just really allow myself to evolve, not stick, you know, not say like put my stake in the sand or whatever that phrase is um, and say like, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Mm. It's, it's all, it's all me. Like it's all the same basic purpose for me. Um, it just has, you know, I'm just, I'm creative. And so it comes out in different ways. Does yeah. that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. Um, so, so when did you start the coaching 
specifically, like the one-on-one? Yeah, I started that when I started the Changemaker Mentorship. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's been a few years now. Um, and what I found with that was my original idea was that was that if say if you had um, you have an idea to start an organization or a social enterprise or something like that, um, but you don't quite know what to do, you know how to how to move it forward. Um, so the original idea and my original work was focused on helping people move their ideas forward. So but, still very much tied into the nonprofit. Very much, yeah. Grown in. Right, right. Your whole your whole career, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at some yeah. point, it seems like that shifted for you. Yeah, it shifted because I realized in working with people, they didn't need. Um, I, they didn't need me to tell them like, oh, this is how you fundraise. If you get that from somewhere else, what they needed was to figure out why they were doing what they were doing, what strengths they needed to bring. They, they, they needed to put their, you know, what in coaching language, we say saboteur. They needed to put that aside and figure out a way to deal with the voices that tell you you're not good enough. And, you know, all these things that, mm. that we all have. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's why I shifted more to working with an in, with individuals. Um, no matter you know, no matter what they're trying to do in the world, um, whether they're trying to start something or they're just trying to like figure out how to balance work and kids and um, career and and um, retirement, you know, all different things, um, and what I found is that by doing that, I have much greater impact than just saying, okay, well, this is how you like started on profit or this is, you know, this is what you do. Kind of helping people dig in and figure out for them what is getting in the way and yeah. what they, do, do you find that people come to you and maybe don't even know what they want? Yeah, sometimes, um, often, actually, people come to me, they don't really have a clear sense of what they want. Mm -hmm. Or if they do, it shifts. Um, because I because with my clients, I do a lot of work of figuring out so who are you at this point in your life? What's important to you? Um, what, um, what values are you standing on right now? And that may sound a little bit simplistic, but it's really at the core of who we are and what we do. It's like the foundation of a house. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think sometimes, I mean, you, you get so busy with all the, the day to day of um, just ha getting, just getting to midlife. I mean, you know, by then you may have kids or you've got a career and you're just chugging, you're chugging and you're chugging and you're chugging. And I think sometimes you just lose sight of, what really, what your values are, what those core values are. And, and maybe it's, it's niggling in the back of your brain at you somewhere, but you can't quite figure out what, what why do I feel like this? And I, I, I feel like that's a common thing for people. No yeah, matter yeah. how successful they are, no matter where they're at. I think we, we get to this point at this age where it's, it kind of comes knocking on the door, you know? Right. Well, values, values shift, um, priorities shift. And, um, you know, there are some, some, there's some 
hormones and things like that going on in our bodies right. and brains at a certain age that shift things. And so it's actually very common for that to happen. And I'm seeing now in the time of coronavirus that a lot of people are home. I mean, everybody's at home, right? Um, and they are a couple things. One, they're saying things like, wow, not commuting actually feels really good. Mm -hmm. Like I just feel more like myself and being home with my family or, um, wow, working, you know, working from home allows me to do be better at my job because I'm not constantly being distracted by people walking by or whatever it is for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And then I'm also seeing that people are just like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm 50. I could, look at this, like people in their fifties are dying from this virus. I could, I could, you know, I could go at any minute. Do I really want to spend the rest of my life doing this, this thing that doesn't quite light me up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there's the, the, the good old, uh, you know, ageism, um, maybe being the, the possibility of being forced out of a career that you've sure. been in for a long time. And, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I think so many people, especially you know, with it, with this coronavirus, I think maybe it gives people the opportunity. They may have always wanted to work from home. Maybe they're not totally dissatisfied with their career, but maybe it's the, it's that day-to-day -day experience of the commute and the meetings and everything that goes with it that they're wanting to shift. So I think it's a great time for reflection and yeah. for people to, to really take a step back and look at is this what I want to do or do I still want to do this? And it's just that now I'd really like to continue doing it from home. You know, if I can, yeah. maybe that wasn't an option before and now it is. Um, well, and it could be very confusing when, um, when you feel like you're dissatisfied with your, your career, your job, it can be really confusing because it can be with some of my clients, we dig in and we figure out it is that like, I don't want to, like, I really actually like my job. I like the people I work with, but I don't want this uh, intense lifestyle anymore. And so then the question becomes, okay, so what do we do with that information? What, you know, what are the options here? I work a lot with people on looking at, um, looking at a situation from different perspectives um, which is really hard to do on your own, right? If you're just like, okay, like, um, let's take something simple, like, should I go to this party or not? I mean, right now, nobody's going to parties, but should I go to this party or not, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and you're just saying, ah, I don't really want to go and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, for whatever reason. So that's a perspective that just keeps spinning around in your head mm -hmm. and, it's almost impossible to, it, it's hard to make a decision from that one perspective. But then if you, if you think about, you put the topic in the middle of a circle, like, should I go to this party? And you've got perspectives around the circle. You kind of move to the next perspective. Mm -hmm. um, say the, I get to get dressed up and wear a fancy outfit perspective. And then you look at the party. Okay. So what is shifted about, you know, what feel what feels right about going to the party or does it still feel wrong or, you know, so it helps you make a decision in a way that's a little oh, bit more. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting tool. I've uh, similar to uh, one of the ones that I've seen going around right now of what you can control and what you can't control. It's a very similar model of having the circle and the things outside the circle. 
um, yeah. with what you can control being in the circle, those little, you know, your little choices in every moment of the day versus, um, you know, what's going on, uh, you know, can I get, is there testing available? Um, you know, can we open up business again, blah, 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 you know, all the things that we have no function over. Um, I love that idea of using that in, in a way of being able to to make a decision about something that you're waffling on or trying to get a sense of how to make a decision on something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's hard to um, really do it do it justice just by talking about it. It's the type of thing that when you when you experience it, you're just like, wait, what just happened? That was that was incredible. I, oh, that's I interesting. Completely... I'm, I'm gonna have to try it. I'm going to have to. Yeah, 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 that's definitely. Great. Wow. Well, what do you, what do you wish you'd known when you were changing things up? Is there anything that you wish you had done differently? Um, yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, you know, I, I think that I would have said, I'm going to give myself a year to not commit to anything. Uh, you know, when I left and I find this very, when I left my job, my career, and I find this very true, true with my clients, I felt really anxious, almost panicked to declare what I was doing now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably, I also wish it's, it's kind of funny and self-serving to say this, but I actually also, also wish I had had a coach. Um, because I think I would have probably stayed in my career longer, um, because my career was okay. It was okay. And it, and then I would have had like a longer runway to kind of figure out mm. what I was doing to and maybe stuff like start that. something as a side gig and see where it went kind of, or idea. even just like to take a year of, ex- of, of experimenting and seeing, who, who, like we were talking about before, like, who was I at that point? Um, what was important to me? Mm-hmm. So what happens, what happened to me and what happens to a lot of people is that, um, and this, it's tied to how our brain works, fight and fight or flight or freeze. Um, when you push yourself so far, like when you basically yank the rug out from underneath yourself by like, quitting your job, having no idea where the money was coming, and more importantly, what your identity is mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, think about it this way. If you go out, if you go to a party, like a networking thing, and you don't have a business card, you have nothing to say about like who you are. It's very just like, wait, you know, I have no identity right now. Right. Why um, which isn't true. Wait, I, right. Which isn't true, by the way. But right. um, so, you know, just taking the time, taking that year to figure out like what who who am I right now who am I because things have shifted why why do you think you felt the need to to stake your claim so soon after what do you think was driving that I think it was um I needed to prove that I wasn't flaky Mm. that I wasn't just quitting my job and you know like a a, what's it called like a 'er ne'er-do-well or something like that it Uh was you know, and, and that might just be my own thing. Um, but I do see a lot of my clients or a lot of people who I talk to who are just like, okay, I'm quitting my job. What's next? I got to figure out what's next. And it's like, well, why are you quitting? Well, I'm exhausted. So how is it going to work for you to, 
just jump right into something else. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think yeah. that the common thing there uh, is you're you not wanting to look like a ne'er-do-well or, a, you know, a, a flake, as you put it. Um, I think what, what gets in our way so often is what we think other people are going to think of us. And it, that can either, that can do a couple of things. It can push us towards action that isn't really authentic for us, or it could just keep us from doing something that we think other people are going to think is crazy, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. And that's one of the things that I work with, um, with my clients. So I'm actually about to launch a year long program that the, a big component of it is how do you, how do you overcome fear or how do you, like, I like to say, how do you dance, do the dance between fear and, and courage because you can't get rid of fear. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can work through fear and you can find courage. Um, so this program <clears throat> will have a strong component of that in it, but also the idea of, um, who's, who do you care about? Like, who do you care? Whose voice do you want to mm -hmm. listen to? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whose voice do you want to listen to? And in general, naturally, as we get older, that sort of comes out a little bit more than when we're younger of like, you know, there's a certain point I think we get to, we're just like, I, I just don't care what that person thinks. Like, I just don't care what these people think. I'm going to do what I want. But, but being able to cultivate that is a gift and it will allow you to really follow the path that, that you want to follow. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of intentionality to cultivate that um, in surrounding yourself with people who are going to, um, well, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, you're, the people in your life who love you and want the best for you maybe aren't always the people to help guide you. you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, um, I can relate to that so much. Like I, there, there are a lot of things that I don't talk to my wife about with my business mm -hmm. just because until they're like fully formed <clears throat> because, excuse me, because, um, I'm the dreamer. I'm the risk taker. Like I'll just be like, let's just try it. Throw it against the wall, against the wall and see what happens. Uh -huh. And she's more of the, the first thing out of her mouth will be something incredibly rational. Uh-huh. And it'll make me so angry. It'll like burst my bow. You're like, forget it, everyone. I want to talk about this. So uh, yeah, I'm careful. But that doesn't mean that she's not supportive of me because she absolutely is. And of I'm course, so and she blessed. wants to. She. It sounds like she's trying to take the pragmatic thing to to maybe help she's, you do that. And she's pragmatic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very incredibly rational. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it, I like to say, sometimes you have to protect your dreams from the ones that care about you most. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which goes back to having a coach, you know, it's a great idea or at the very least, you know, um, in the past couple of years for me, I've just been on a huge learning journey of absorbing everything I possibly could from books, podcasts, um, trying to fill my head with thoughts that are enabling, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and can, can kind of keep me going in the direction that I know I want to be going in hearing from those voices, 
um, so that I can kind of step into uncharted territories, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a great, it's a great strategy. Um, and it's a great way to start, <clears throat> start the journey of learning and pay attention to what kind of podcasts you're listening to, like what's pulling you, not what you're supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. not what you're supposed to be listening to, like mm -hmm. what's really pulling you and pay attention yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to, good to pay attention to that. Cause that that's paying attention to your body really too. And, and noticing like, if you're talking to somebody, what's the reaction in your body or if you're hearing something, it, do I feel a pit in my stomach? Right. Do you, yeah. Do you yeah. Find, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, most of us, we have various forms of intelligence and most of us only access like our, the, the intelligence in our, in our brain. Right. Mm -hmm. But our, our nerves, um, go all the way out to our fingers and toes and, um, the, the things happen in your body. You need to be paying attention. And that's why, like, when you say like the gut feeling, mm -hmm. it, there's actually something there. It's not, it's not just a phrase. It's, it's something that's really happening. Yeah. I love, um, in your, like on your website and your fun facts that, you know, what was it at the age of 46, I decided to learn to play roller derby, including learning how to skate. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. I love that. Do you, so, so that kind of, <clears throat> for me ties into the whole idea of that body connection, which I think is a lot of the work that you do, right? And kind of pushing people through um, through their boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. With yeah. physical challenge. I mean, can, can you mm -hmm. tell me a little bit more about, well, first of all, I wanna hear about your roller derby experience because I have latent, um, I had, when I was young, I very much wanted to be a roller derby. <laughs> Queen. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, derby is a really fun, fun and aggressive sport. Do you still do? Um, I don't still play. No, I, I stopped a little, I think, I don't know, a year or two ago. I can't remember now. Time is going by so fast. But yeah, frankly, at um, 51, I'm, I, I'm, like, <coughs> yeah, I'm not going to be doing that because I'm just not looking for any broken bones. But, um, but I don't know, you know, is that, is that silly to, why did you stop? I stopped mostly because I didn't have the time to get better, if that makes oh, sense. Okay. So, yeah. 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 So it, it's, you know, the, the, the team I was on practice three or four times a week and, mm. um, you know, it was an hour and a half round trip for me to drive. And it was just a lot. It, and and as, it was really hard to make the decision to leave, but there was no way I was going to go anywhere with it if I couldn't get the practice time. Yeah. And three to four times a week for an hour and a half away. That's a lot. That's, it was a lot. That's a lot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me more about what you do with people to push through boundaries using physical challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So what I do is I have workshops. Um, unfortunately at this point, they're all in-person workshops, so I can't do them right now, but mm -hmm. they will be continuing. Um, and then, then I also have the, like I was talking about this year long program, um, that includes several of these challenges. So the idea is, um, to take on a physical challenge. So there's three different categories of challenges. There's thrill, which is like going trapezing. Mm -hmm. Um, there's experiential challenge, which is like, um, doing, a 
eight-day dog sledding trip um, trek in, in which I did this past February um, doing this Amazing. trek yeah it was incredible or you know traveling to a place you've never been to or something like that um, and then the third category is inhibition so inhibition is something like doing stand-up comedy or <laughs> things like that yeah so I know exactly that's so funny because that's the one for me too I'm just like ah no um right now. yeah and yeah. what uh, what i find is that people will have that reaction to one of them some people with the trapezing they're like nope no way never gonna do it never gonna you know not know right um and those are the people i'm like well of course you have to try it then because you, know, right. you have to come to one of my workshops because we'll see we'll see what happens and you know the reality is is that you may come to one of my workshops and we're doing it and it's a trapeze shop workshop what i do is weekend workshops a lot of it is coaching and group coaching and kind of figuring out you know who you are what you want stuff like that mm -hmm. and then trapeze is there to push you outside your comfort zone and uh, accomplish something and then take that what you learn through that experience and apply it to your goals and dreams um, so for some people, trapezing might be getting to the fifth rung on the ladder. Like they may never even get up on the platform mm -hmm. and that, and there's incredible learning in that. And then for some people it'll be like, they're going to get up and they're going to do like a double somersault and all the stuff by the end of the uh, end of the, the time. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's what that's what the program is about. And um, how do you find that that translates into their other project that they might want to be working on? Yeah, it's a great question. And some of it is, is hard to explain. It's, it's something that you need to experience. Um, but it's, it's confidence. So I jokingly always say, um, I can do anything because if I can stand on that roller derby track, right at the beginning of a jam with all these like people coming after me to try to get me out of the way like i can do anything like give me give me give me a stage like that nothing could be as crazy as that. It's, it's scary for me as that right um and so like think about if um you've got a big interview or something or you really want to go for a big promotion um or i know you're a photographer so you know Oprah calls you and wants you to photograph her and you're just like, oh, what? Like, I do this. And you're thinking, wait, but I stood up on that trapeze platform uh -huh. and I did it. And he's, there's just something in you that's just like, wait, okay, I can yes. do this. Yes. Um, so it's confidence. It's, it's, um, it's stretching your boundaries in learning how far they can stretch. Um, oh, yeah. and also, and also learning where, um, where your your comfort outside your comfort zone ends and your panic zone begins because you don't want to be in panic zone because that's that's like where you kind of freeze up or you, you run away or whatever you want to be in the stretch or in coaching we call it like the edge of you know completely freaking out mm -hmm. or growing and getting something out of it yes yeah like when i was uh in my 20s uh i remember <laughs> heading out to go uh repelling for the first time and i in my 20s frankly i was much more 
open to experiences like that than I am now. Um, I have discovered that that I that just physically I have more fear. Um, just getting on roller coasters and things like that. I used to be completely fearless about things like that, and that has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my twenties, uh, just randomly agreed to go rappelling, and there was this moment where you're with people and they've strapped you into the harness. And I remember getting to the edge of this 50 foot drop and you start to lean back. Then you've got the rope that you're tied to and your harness and all the equipment, you know, it's there and somebody's down at the bottom, belaying the rope on the other end. And you know, it's all safe. But as you start to go over the edge and the pivot of your body starts to you, there, there's a no turning back point. Sure. Yeah. Where all of a sudden you realize that if I lean back one more little bit, I'm not coming back up this direction. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's, I'm going to have to do this, you know? And it was just, that was a, that was an experience I'll never forget of that yeah. little moment of this. If I, it's now or never. If I lean back that little bit more, this is it. I'm yeah, kidding. and it's a it's a great it's a great um, metaphor for what it feels like for a lot of people to leave a career they've been in for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and most of my clients are pretty successful, and they when they leave their careers, if that's what they choose to do, it's a big deal. It's it's going you know going off that that um um that edge and maybe they could go back, but the reality is it's kind of like, if you're going to do that, like if you're going to go through the pain of making a change, like just make, make it worth it. Like leave that off the table that you can go back. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you can, yeah, maybe you can, maybe that's a reality, but you know, people don't leave their jobs just because they're leave their careers just because they're just like, Oh, you know, I need a, I need a vacation. Um, they're, they're going over that edge and, and um, what you learn from that, and maybe you can tell me if this is true or not, that nothing horrible happened. You were fine. Right. Yeah. Like you had your safety ropes, you had your system, even like your own strength of your body. You, you, you had it like you, you were okay. And yeah. I had coaches. There were people and who had, had coaches. done it before and they right. were there and they were telling exactly. me, okay. You, you know, what you're going to do, you're going to, what's going to happen next. You're going to catch it, land on your feet against the rock. And then you're going to, you know, keep your knees flexing and right. you know, next step, next step, next step, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, and that's exactly it. Next right. step, next step. Like if somebody said, okay, jump off this cliff right now and get to the bottom. And like, you know, you'd be like, no, what are you talking about? I can't do that. Like, what do you, what do you mean? But if you're just like, okay, take this step, put your hand here, this step. And that's what it's like, I think, to work with somebody when you're going through a big change. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, you know, cause most people can't just jump yeah, by themselves. Some people can, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for, for right now, I, I'm curious um, with the program that you're starting and the fact that you can't really do things in person with people right now, it's kind of the same way I can't go. I can't take pictures for people right now um, necessarily. So I've, I've started doing a little bit of 
you know, tips for people to use, um, you know, if they need to do their own branding photography right now while they're in isolation, you know, trying to give people little, little bits, let's try, you know, do this on your own and see what you can figure out. What would you suggest for somebody who may want to try to give themselves some sort of a physical challenge between, mm-hmm. you know, now? Yeah. What's something somebody could do right now that might give them a little nudge forward? Uh, Well, the easiest one of the three types of challenges that I do would be the inhibition. Um, You could do something as simple as going on Facebook Live and singing, Uh you know what I mean? Or something like that. Like that you can easily do online. And I actually almost feel like... um, social media is a lesson in inhibition on a daily basis if you're you're posting Uh so i think that's an easy one um you know as far as like the thrill um it really depends on who you it really depends on who you are because for some people climbing a mountain is going to be a thrill Mm -hmm. um but for some people they're like i do that every day you know so it really depends on you i think the question is what's going to push you outside of your comfort zone? What is the thing that you're thinking? Like, maybe I'll do that and get like those butterflies in your stomach. You're like, Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Mm -hmm. Start there. Um, it might be going, um, what do you call it? Like paddle boarding, Mm -hmm. a stand up. What is it called? Stand up stand up SUP yeah that one yeah 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 so for me I haven't done that yet I've been kayaking and I live right by the reservoir and I think I keep every summer I'm like I'm gonna go do that and I know it's not that big of a deal but I went kayaking once and I saw a snake in the water so I'm like what if I fall in like there's snakes and like it's just ridiculous but right so I have been stand-up paddle boarding twice and and actually want it to become a regular part of my life but it just it's funny it's a time thing um and what i just to give you uh start somewhere where there's not a lot of waves yeah and sure the first time we went we went on um uh on the river we're in connecticut here and uh on the norwalk river it feeds into the into the sound into long island sound and we could have kept going right down the river and right out into the sound and time-wise that we've done the rental and everything else we, we pulled back that particular time we were up on those those boards never fell everything was good it, i was surprised i was like all right all right that was pretty good the next time we rented we rented from a place that was actually on the sound with the waves oh okay and oh my god i was tickled but my husband was he wrenched his back he wrenched his knee Mm. by the end of the day he was like i am never doing this again (laughs) yeah yeah okay (laughs) well it's a great yeah constantly in the water constantly right and for you like you see the smile on your face you're like that was fun it was crazy but it was fun like you that for you that was just like it was outside of your comfort zone but it wasn't like so you know bad that you were panicking it sounds like for your husband it was a little bit more like yeah (laughs) no no like he sounds like he was kind of miserable yeah yeah he was he was fairly miserable by the end of it that's for sure so the i guess the other question that i had for you is considering that we are in this bizarro world of uh 19 shutdown what would be your advice for somebody who is 
feeling stuck and maybe it's maybe this is new for them because of this situation in particular or maybe it's just somebody who's known that they there was something that they wanted to do and here we are in this weird new situation and they don't even know how to move forward even if they wanted to yeah yeah um well i would say the first thing is uh don't um there's nothing wrong with you mm -hmm. uh it, it's normal a lot of people don't voice the fact that they're going through this especially at work because they feel like oh you know if my my employer and my team knows that i'm feeling this way they're going to think differently of me mm -hmm. um so that's the first thing the second thing i would say is if you think about um I always think about the coaching relationship as like, my job is if you have a ball of thread, my job is to help you untangle all of that thread. Um, and it's really hard to do that on your own. And so get, get help either, you know, there, there's, you can get help from a therapist you can get help from a coach. We, would, we don't do the exactly the same thing, but depending on what it is that you're, you're trying to figure out either could be helpful. Mm -hmm. Coaches tend to be a little more action oriented. Um, so, you know, if you are, I would say that if, um, you know, there's, there's any form of depression or anything that or anxiety associated with what you're feeling, then definitely get help from, from a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, but if it's just like, okay, so, uh, like I've got all these ideas or feelings or like, what am I doing? I, this doesn't feel right anymore, then a coach could probably really help you. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, like anybody is welcome to call and talk to me. I, you know, I have free discovery. I have a, a few free discovery calls available every, uh, every week. Mm -hmm. um, so you can find that information on my website. Um, but just, um, and I'll be putting that in the show notes for everybody to, okay. Awesome. Kirstenbunch.com, right? It is Kirsten Bunch, K I R S T E N. Mm -hmm. B-U-N-C-H. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would just say, uh, don't, don't panic. Don't panic. Like you, you're, you're going to be okay. And, and it's okay to feel like that. It doesn't mean that you, there's, there's, um, doesn't mean that you have to make changes today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people are feeling pressure to come out of this a better person somehow. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think that that, I don't know. You, you do. No, I absolutely think that. And I, um, I, I agree with that. And I'm really curious just to see like what people think about that in, in a year from now, like if we just all go back to the way we were and, mm -hmm. um, but pay attention, like pay attention to what you're thinking about and feeling right now. Cause there's something there. Um, and I think it goes both ways. Like, I think that some people are thinking, oh gosh, you know, I don't want to do this job anymore. I don't want to do this commute anymore or whatever it is. And then there are other people going, wow, I thought I hated my job, but I actually really miss my colleagues. I miss going into the office. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, so it's just, you just have to kind of pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. This is an introvert's world right now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of my dream world. Like I'm, I'm sort of enjoying, I'm enjoying being home. And, I am yeah. too. Um, so what's coming up for you next? You've got your one-year program going. Yeah. So I launched the, the one-year program will launch in, um, it, it, 
so I should say there's only six spots in the one year program. Um, so I will start advertising it um, in probably in June um and taking deposits um because we are in a kind of unknown world right now what's going to happen what i'll probably do is take deposits so that people are interested in it can get into it and then if for some reason like it's just impossible to do the program um i'll leave the i will either present a revised program or i'll you know, I won't run it this year and I'll refund the money. Um, but I would say for any of your listeners that are interested in learning more about it, book a discovery call with me. Let's talk about it. And um, the one other really exciting element about the, of this that um, I just uh, just kind of sealed the deal on or almost sealed the deal on is that I'm going to be doing a documentary film about the year about this year with people so yeah so i'm working with a filmmaker um i think i'm working with a filmmaker here in new jersey we haven't signed the contract yet but we have you know we're i'm really excited about it um and we'll be making a film of this the the most transformative year of of your adult life basically wow with yeah on the type of work that you do in particular or yeah yeah Yeah. so the film will be um following the stories of of the participants and and of myself so the the program itself just to so put this in context program it try, yeah, sorry, it ties oh, into the program. It's that's the, very cool. Yeah, so it's the program. So if you're part of the program, you're also going to be part of this film. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, isn't that cool? I'm, that so, cool. I, I'm so excited. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, just to talk a little bit about the program, it's, it's a year-long program. It's really meant for the people that are just like, okay, I want to figure out who I am at this phase of my life. I want to figure out what I want to do. I want to just like refresh. Um, and it, you know, we talked about the challenges before. There'll be those those challenges of the the, the thrill, the uh, experiential, and the inhibition. Mm-hmm. So there'll be those weekends along with group and individual coaching. Um, and then there'll be an eight day. What I pretty and pretty sure is going to be an eight-day dog sledding cross-country skiing trek in minnesota and in partnership with outward bound um so yeah it's going to be just the most amazing year i'm so excited to run it Uh, yeah i just can't wait for you yeah i want to do it (laughs) yeah well do it yeah yeah i'll make sure you get the information but yeah and then so then there'll be as part Part of our group will be a documentary filmmaker that's that's putting together a film of this experience so i cannot i'm gonna have to follow up with you at the yeah doesn't that sound like fun yes yeah 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 does sound like definitely very cool um thank you so much for thank you some time to sit down with me right now yeah absolutely this is great and um good luck with your podcast i'm sure it's going to be amazing because i know that so many people need they need to know that there are other people out there looking, you know, thinking this way. I think so this. and hope so too. And uh, I'm so excited to finally be doing it. It's um, been a couple of years in the making in my head. Yeah. 
Well, kudos to you for getting out and doing actually making it happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oddly enough, this this particular point in time is what made it possible because I, I can't do the, the photography and, and I, it just opened up that time for me and uh, allowed me to step into it. So I'm I'm feeling oddly grateful. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. It was a real gift. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So there you have it. I hope you might take a little time after hearing this conversation to explore your next thing. Take a little time, dip your toes into something that seems interesting and maybe even a little scary. Hey, by the way, I got a paddleboard. I have been wanting one for a couple of years and I think this conversation with Kirsten gave me the little nudge I needed. So thank you, Kirsten. Also, hey, I got my first reviews on Apple Podcasts. Woo! Thank you so much, you guys, for the reviews. Um, you know, I guess it really helps other people to find the podcast through whatever weird mystical algorithms Apple Podcasts uses. So I really appreciate that you took the time to do that. Mwah. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please forward it on to anybody else you think would also enjoy it and leave a review while you're at it. Oh, and next week... I'm talking, I think I've had too much coffee. Anyway, and next week, I'm talking to Liz Milliron, who started writing at 37 and got her first novel published at 45. Awesome, right? Have a great week. I can't wait for our next connection. Bye-bye.